What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Oh Hey There podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero filling in for Javi Vega today. And with me, as always, Leo Luna. What's up, Leo? Oh, man. What's up, Rob? This is uh, this is a tough one. I thought we were going to have two weeks of Super Bowl coverage, especially where the score was after three quarters. Uh, I know our whole podcast network chose the Niners in this one, and we were correct for about 80 percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny in that Packers game, they didn't have a lead the entire game and they still won. And the Rams game, they were up 10 going into the fourth quarter and they found a way to lose it. That's the struggle here I found with this team. It's when I looked at the 2021 49ers and what they've done in the second half, I I had those questions. I've said it on this on this pod multiple times. Are they going to be able to score enough points in the second half to reach a Super Bowl to even win a Super Bowl? Because that's ulti- the ultimate goal, not not to just reach it. I've I've already seen in my adulthood them reach it twice and not come through. So that doesn't even matter at this point. But when, when I start looking from the Seattle game, that, that was week 13 or game 13, um, they went out and, and got blanked in the second half. No points. Cincinnati, they only got uh, the three points in the second half. The Atlanta Falcons, they're the Atlanta Falcons. I don't put much stock into that. Um, Tennessee, they didn't score in the second half until the final drive there on offense um, where Debo Samuel had the long catch downfield, and then he Garoppolo found Ayuk in the back of the end zone. So that's only seven points there. Houston Texans, that wasn't a Garoppolo start. The Rams, crazy comeback from behind win. But then we get into the playoffs. Dallas Cowboys, you had an opportunity to put them away where they don't even have that whole uh, spike gate, essentially. <laughs> Seven points in that second half, and that was off of a turnover and a Debo Samuel run on a one-play drive. Then you go into Green Bay, six points by the offense. If it wasn't for Jordan Willis and Teleno Hufanga, we're probably not even talking about an NFC Championship recap. Uh, so six points by the offense in the second half there. And then obviously uh, this past Sunday in Los Angeles, we had another seven point second half. Uh, so it, in order to reach a Super Bowl, like granted, this is a really good 49ers team. Look what they did in these playoffs. Uh, number one scoring offense in Dallas Cowboys, 17 points allowed. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, 10 points allowed. And then Matthew Stafford, a high-scoring offense as well with the Rams, 20 points allowed. Um, So this is a really, really talented defense, but it's not the 85 Bears. Uh, They could only take you so far. Uh, So with this offense, the second half is where teams adjust, and it looks like the 49ers did a poor job of adjusting for much of the second half of of this season while Garoppolo has been quarterback. Um, And it's just really tough to see. when. Your team has gone three playoff games and didn't score double digit points in the second half in any of those playoff games. It's not a surprise to see the reality that we're in. Totally fair criticism. We're going to give our thoughts on the game. Plus, there's been actually some news since then that we're going to dive into some good, some bad. Uh, Before we do want to remind you, please rate, review and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. Take five seconds, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help, which brings me to this, Leo, from Kyle Hart 50, five-star review. Great stuff. Daily listener, I listen to all the pods. Love getting 49ers and five every morning. A great recap of the news from the previous day. The instant reaction shows are always great. 
Each of the different shows throughout the week gives a different view and analysis of the team. Gold Standard is probably my favorite, especially with Joe Staley stopping by to keep the wins coming. Great work from everyone involved. I wish Joe Staley was coming on this week. But again, we take the time. You take the time rather to leave a review and we take the time to read it. Look at that. Shameless, shameless plug, Rob. Gold standard, Joe Staley. Look, Look at I didn't, you. Look at you. I didn't you. write the review, all right? I'm just saying. Uh, by the way, I didn't mention it earlier. The reason I'm filling in for Javi is because he's on his way to the Senior Bowl. So he's going to have a ton of content for you. I'm sure, Leo, you'll be talking with him and you guys will be uh, working the Senior Bowl like you guys normally do. So I'm looking forward to that. Thanks for letting me pinch hit here. Um, let's start with the newest thing because we're recording this on Tuesday. D'Amico Ryans, you just talked about the defense and how great they've been for the 49ers down the stretch here. I thought for sure he was going to be the Minnesota Vikings coach and looks like they're going in possibly the Jim Harbaugh direction. And D'Amico is sticking around at least for one more year. This is huge, Leo. Absolutely huge. And it's not just in that D'Amico staying. It's looking at the turnover that they might have on defense. Kwaski Tart, I thought he was earning a contract extension. I don't know if he comes back after that crucial drop interception. Uh, cornerback, what happens there? Is Ambry Thomas your cornerback too? Do you bring back Jason Pratt on a one-year prove-it deal, uh, similar to what they did in 2020? Do you try to bring in a guy like Steven Nelson, maybe from Philly, uh, to maybe compete with Ambry Thomas at that cornerback two spot? Because I'm assuming Emmanuel Mosley's going to stay at cornerback one. Uh, the way he's played, and yeah, he gave up some catches this past game, but it's Odell Beckham. He's one of the best route runners in the league. Let's not ignore that factor. Um, and then you have some guys like Arden Key that may or may not be back. DJ Jones may, may not be back. Um, so there's interesting pieces on the 49ers defense on what's going to happen. Um, because like I said, Arden Key and DJ Jones were huge, huge, huge pieces on the defensive line. DJ Jones, especially in the run game. Um, I, I saw that Vita Vea got a Pro Bowl alternate for Aaron Donald, which is much deserving. But then I, I thought to myself, okay, if it wasn't Vita Vea, it had to be a DJ Jones or an Eric Armstead yep. as a Pro Bowl alternate because um, DJ Jones is not a household name. But if you watch 49ers football, you know who number 93 is. Uh, so th since there's moving pieces around the defense, it it's I'm glad to have D'Amico Ryan's back because he's able to put year two into it. And also it's like Minnesota is a great situation, but it, it's you're, you still don't know what the Aaron Rodgers factor. If, if the green Bay Packers keep Aaron Rodgers, you're not winning first place in that division. <laughs> it's just not happening. Um, so you're able to sit back at least for a year, check what the real estate market is uh, at that time. And with what you did this year, defense one year in, I expect to be the same thing next year. And hell, I said, this wasn't an 85 bears defense, but if D'Amico Ryans could uh, get better because he hasn't reached the, his climax or the ceiling of his coaching career as far as defensive coordinator. So if he's able to get better in certain situations, his players understand his scheme better. Maybe it does become the 85 bears. I'm, I'm only kidding, but who knows? Who knows? No, I like that thought. Look, you know, it's still his first year on the job as good as he was. And you would think the more experience he has, the better, the more comfortable he's going to get. And the other part of this that I like, too, is it allows everybody underneath D'Amico Ryans, all the other defensive coaches, potential replacements as defensive coordinator if D'Amico leaves after next season. It allows them to get another year under their belts with the kind of mindset that, hey, 
maybe I could be taken over as defensive coordinator in 2023. Let me, you know, let me look at my job from that perspective for a whole year before actually getting the chance to do that. Because I think that's kind of what D'Amico did in Salas last year was he kind of knew that he was going to be next in line. And, you know, when you know that uh, to have a year to prepare, I think that helps. So I think D'Amico coming back for another year is huge. It's huge for the players that are there. It's huge for the coaches that are there. And especially if you're going to start Trey Lance, which it looks like the 49ers are going to, the best thing that you can give a young rookie quarterback, essentially a rookie quarterback, is a studly defense. And that's what San Francisco is going to have. Yeah, um, that's why I think the 49ers are going to be back in the playoffs next year. I don't want to go too much into it um, because we have all offseason to make our predictions with the whole Trey Lance factor. Uh, but looking at the way this team started this year at three and five defense doing what it did. I think the defense could definitely translate over. Um, you do have crucial pieces. Like I said, DJ Jones is a crucial piece to bring back. But I expect them to be just as competitive next year. Wow. Um, I think that's definitely possible. I think one factor, too, is going to be what happens with Mike McDaniel on offense. Now, I know it's Kyle's system and all of that. But when you have a young quarterback, I would like things to stay the same as much as possible around him. Uh, there are signs supposedly that he's going to become the Dolphins head coach. We don't know. He could be hired today. He could be hired by the time this podcast actually reaches you. We're not sure. As of right now, he's still the 49ers offensive coordinator. I think honestly that if Steven Ross had his way, the owner of the Dolphins, he would not hire Mike McDaniel. I think he wants to hire Jim Harbaugh. Remember when Harbaugh left Stanford, he went after Jim Harbaugh hard they still had a coach in Tony Sperano and Stephen Ross is trying to hire Jim Harbaugh and luckily for the 49ers he wanted to come to San Francisco so that didn't happen but now that Harbaugh's back on the market and supposedly he's he's going to Minnesota to interview with the Vikings which that strikes me as a little weird like Jim Harbaugh is not going to fly to a place for an interview unless he's getting the job and maybe that's what they're going to do but you know if they could if the Niners could somehow bring back both D'Amico Ryan's and Mike McDaniel with Trey Lance for another year. I think that would go a long, long way towards them getting back to the playoffs in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike McDaniel has, you know, he wasn't the play caller, but he did have a huge piece uh, of the pie when it comes to creating the, the game script for the 49ers. And how many times have we seen them go opening drive, uh, go down there and get and get points before he does a great job with the opening script. With the with the run game uh, outside zone, or as well as with we we've seen him talk about it, where they do the pitch out to Debo, and then he cuts it back in inside the offensive line, inside the yes. guards. Um, so that was another Mike McDaniel type of uh, piece that he threw in there for Kyle Shanahan. Um, so it's it's good to have him come back, especially like you said, Trey Lance. We are all assuming at this point uh, that he'll be the starter next year. Uh, maybe a, a, other data comes out that convinces us otherwise. But as of right now, we expect Trey Lance to be out there. So that would be a good thing for Trey Lance. Once again, Kyle Shanahan is the play caller, but Mike McDaniel has a great, great job doing the play designs in the run game. And that's that's where Trey Lance helps out this offense so much uh, other than the deep downfield passing attack is actually in the run game. So if Mike McDaniel could actually you know put some something together for a full four quarters of full entire season for Trey Lance. Maybe we see some exciting plays that we haven't seen before 
um, because they haven't had a, a mobile quarterback. The most mobile quarterback they had is C.J. Beathard in, in their 49ers tenure together. I'm talking about Shanahan and McDaniel. So it, it's going to be fun to see um, Harbaugh going to Minnesota. I thought that was kind of weird, but maybe it's bait. The, the Saints job, from what I understand, is still available, and I think that's a great landing spot. They're, what, a quarterback away from being something competitive and there may be quarterbacks on the market, especially if Jim Harbaugh becomes a head coach, like a Russell Wilson, an Aaron Rodgers. Does does Green Bay do that trade with the New Orleans? Does Aaron Rodgers want to go to New Orleans? So it, it will be kind of interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, the Harbaugh thing. I mean, obviously, the first thing I did was check the 2022 opponents. 49ers do not play the Minnesota Vikings next year. I was like, that would be just wild because, you know, Harbaugh would love to stick it to the 49ers. Um, but going back to Mike McDaniel, the way that Joe Staley described it to us was Kyle Shanahan puts the puzzle together in terms of calling the plays, but Mike McDaniel is the one that makes the pieces. So that's, you know, that's a pretty important cog in that wheel there. So hopefully McDaniel can stick around for at least one more season. I really, really would love to just see the continuity there from that standpoint, even though I know it's, it's always going to be Kyle's system. The other thing that struck me yesterday as the 49ers players did all their exit interviews, there's a lot of guys talking up Trey Lance already now. And I know that, like, of course, they're only going to say good things. But the the one that stood out to me, Leo, was Jimmy Ward, because Jimmy Ward, like, there's no BS there with him. He's not going to sugarcoat stuff. He's not going to lie. And he said he that Lance has some of those Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers types of plays in him. And for Jimmy Ward to say that, like, that made me go like, damn, okay, like we could be, we might have something special here. I know it's a long way to go, but just hearing him say that, that jumped out to me because there's a couple guys that you just know, like when they talk, I take them seriously. Jimmy Ward is one and Trent Williams is another, especially Trent Williams. He was right on Elijah Mitchell and he was right on Nick Bosa. So to hear them say that, I was encouraged talking about Trey Lance. And this is exactly why we assume that Trey Lance is going to be the starter next year. Because on the exit interview, why else would they be talking about Trey Lance? Uh, you don't think that they're sitting down with Kyle and John and asking them, like, what's the future? Are we, you know, rolling back with Jimmy? Is it going to be Trey? Um, so they have a little bit of insight. Obviously, they're not going to know all the answers. Things could be fluid uh, during the offseason. But they're talking about Trey Lance because it seems like they expect Trey Lance to be their quarterback next year. And like Jimmy Garoppolo said, after the Rams loss, it was a very emotional locker room. Um so if if Trey Lance could be just half of what Mahomes is, just half, this team is going to be hard to knock out of the playoffs because you look at what Jimmy Garoppolo did, these playoffs, that is nowhere near half of Patrick Mahomes. Oh God, That's no. like 5% of Patrick Mahomes, and they still reached the NFC Championship and were 10 minutes 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a lot more. I, was, I meant to say 10 points, but yeah, 10 minutes is fair too. Uh, away from reaching a Super Bowl and being Super Bowl favorites, not just reaching the Super Bowl. They were one quarter from being Super Bowl favorites in this, a drive away from being Super Bowl favorites. And they did that with Jimmy Garoppolo's production. Last week, I said 94 passer rating guarantees the 49ers a spot in the Super Bowl. If Jimmy Garoppolo has a 94 passer rating, they are going to the Super Bowl. He did not. He did not. So 
um, with Trey Lance, if he could just be half of what Mahomes is, just half. Obviously, I, I want him to be a whole lot more than just half. Um, but for this factor, just being half of Patrick Mahomes, this team is going to be a tough out year in and year out. And that's what gets me excited. And I think that's what gets everybody. It's not about, oh, we don't like Jimmy. Oh, you know, Jimmy didn't do anything. No, Jim, Jimmy, you know, made the 49ers relevant again. Because you had irrelevance. Harbaugh comes in, relevance. Then you had Harbaugh leaves, irrelevant. Kyle Shanahan comes in, still kind of irrelevant. Jimmy Garoppolo starts, now we're relevant. So, um Jimmy Garoppolo was a big piece on what the 49ers have done over these past years, but he was also a big piece on why they didn't reach a Super Bowl. So if if Trey Lance could just be, you know, marginally better than Jimmy Garoppolo, doesn't even have to be a Pro Bowl level quarterback, just better than Jimmy Garoppolo, this team's going to reach another Super Bowl. The thing that I hope with Lance is that at least that they can sustain drives because I felt like so often with Jimmy, and we saw it in the NFC Championship game, the offense just dries up, but it dries up so quickly that the defense doesn't even have any time to rest. I mean, six plays, punt. Three plays, minus five yards, punt. Like, that's at the end of that game when that defense is tired. You you hope that with Trey, obviously he's going to have some three and outs because everybody does. But hopefully at least the majority of his drives, they can move the ball a little shift the field position a little and not turn the damn thing over. If the only advantage that Trey Lance has over Jimmy Garoppolo is that he doesn't throw so many damn interceptions, the 49ers are going to be much better. Yeah. uh, The interceptions were a big factor of, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's playoff run. If you look at it more, more interceptions than touchdowns, it's going to be hard to, to win the big games. Uh, They obviously had a four and two record. That's great. But, did any of those result in a Super Bowl win? No. And and ultimately that you're seeing more and more now why Kyle Shannon essentially got ahead of the curve. We have maybe been the the guys waiting for the the shiny new toy, but Kyle Shanahan made us be patient. And by the end of the season, we could see why. And one, like the free agent class is it's not that strong this year. Two, the free the the quarterback market's gonna be unknown. Like Russell Wilson. Is Seattle going to do a trade with the 49ers? Probably not. Aaron Rodgers, is Aaron is the Green Bay Packers going to do a trade with the 49ers? Uh, they probably would prefer not to. So um, depending what the looking at what the market is, it's they actually got ahead of the curve. So uh, I'll, you know, give them flowers on that because I was someone who, who's critical on why did you do this uh, trade now? Um, so with, with this game, it's, it was just tough because there were so many opportunities. And when you look at the, what the defense was showing you is there was a ton of guys in the box. The, the Rams were playing uh, for the, a lot of this game, five defensive linemen where they would bring up back, uh, bring down a, a linebacker. Uh, so you have five defensive linemen, two linebackers, you um, and then another safety sometimes or, or they would bring down into the box. So you're looking at seven-man boxes every time, sometimes eight-man boxes, and the 49ers couldn't take advantage of that. There was guys open downfield, and there's been multiple times Garoppolo made the wrong lead or, or he made the read late. 
uh, Debo Samuel, where he got the air knocked out of him. I hate that that video is out on the internet or just that happened to Debo Samuel um, because he's one of the toughest players out there. And then just seeing him on the ground because if the wind got knocked out, um, that was just a tough scene. I, I instantly knew it wasn't a concussion because when you can see Debo Samuel roll over, he actually grabs his mouthpiece and pulls it out of his mouth. Usually when a guy has a concussion, uh, they get stiff. We've seen their arms get stiff or whatever. I'm like, okay, it's not a concussion because the guy reached in his mouth, pulled out his mouthpiece and rolled over. Um, but it was thankfully it was just the wind that got knocked out. But that read was late. Debo was wide open. And then after that pass, you gave Debo Samuel another similar one, a very similar one where he was wide open for a whole like three seconds before you threw it. Um, so you're getting to the reads late. Um, the one that's going to live rent free in my head is there in the fourth quarter where he fl- floods out to the right and tries to hit Brandon Ayuk, but Jalen Ramsey read him like a book and Juwan Jennings is just wide open. It's not that Jalen Ramsey, you know, reacted after Garoppolo re- threw the pass. No, he knew what he knew Garoppolo was going to take the short the shorter pass and he knew Garoppolo was not going to test him over, you know, against the defense. And instead Jalen Ramsey bit down before Garoppolo released. And that's why it almost got intercepted. If Garoppolo just throws it to Juwan Jennings, he had Juwan Jennings has decided the, the size advantage. So you just throw it up. Even if Juwan Jennings, you throw it to a point where he has to jump up to catch it. Dude, like, yes. Please. Ramsey's waiting um, for Jimmy to make that throw. He wants him to make that he throw. He knew. Yep. He knew Jimmy Garoppolo was not going to throw it over top. He knew. He's played Jimmy Garoppolo. This was the third time this season. This season. So it's just he he um besides that, he's faced Garoppolo five previous times, four previous times, because not every start that Ramsey had against the uh 49ers was against Jimmy Garoppolo. Last year they played against Mullins, and then the first time Garoppolo beat the Rams. Ramsey was not a Ram yet. So he faced him four previous times and it was just brutal. That was about the fifth head to head matchup between the two and, or actually the sixth because Ramsey faced him as a Jaguar. So it's uh Ramsey knew what he was doing. That's just going to live rent free in my head. He hits Juwan Jennings. That's game 49ers win. I, I can confidently say that one. If he, if someone catches him, He's probably not getting caught until about the 2015 yard line. It would have been, I mean, it would have changed the game for sure. Uh, there, are, I feel like there's so many plays in this game that could have changed the game. Obviously, the Ward interception is one. That one you mentioned is another one. There, there have, there were multiple. It was there for the 49ers, which leads us into the bone, sir, that you have to pick with one Mr. Javier Vega. You have a problem with something Javi tweeted. We're going to get to that when we come back. Back here on the Oh Hey There podcast. All right, Leo, you have some issue with something that Javi Vega, your co-host, tweeted about the 49ers. Do you have the tweet ready? I'm pulling it up as we speak. It's in regards to the house money that we've been uh, talking about with the 49ers. So the the tweet that my co-host, Javi, I love you, but I don't agree with this. And we agree a lot on things. Um, Rob actually wants us to fight more. Yes, but <laughs> with swords, but, you know, we leave that to Rob and Levin to be the old married <laughs> couple. You know, we're just the friends talking barbershop here. Um, 
this is what you said on January 30th. Uh, when I say expectations, I said 10, 11 wins and a first round bounce. I didn't subscribe to uh, house money because they were a talented team all along. They needed to get it together at three and five and they did. Um, so that's in reference to the 49ers being in that spot in the NFC championship. That was house money. This is where I disagree. I don't know. I don't know if every single one of you has been to the casino, but I have. And what house money is, is you go to the casino, you bet your own money, and then you go ahead and win money. For this reference, I'm going to say $1,000. I won $1,000 here at the casino, but I'm still at the table. I'm excited. I'm happy. My God, I have $1,000 in my pocket that I did not come here with. I continue to bet. I continue to bet. I continue to bet. And now that money is gone. I don't say, oh, well, it wasn't my money. It was the house's. No, I'm pissed off. I want that money back. That was my money. Give me that money. And that's what I see this 49ers game as. It's, yes, they were playing with house money. But they were up 10 in the fourth quarter. Wasn't the first time that we've seen this in a playoff run. It's actually the second time we've seen it. And when you're playing with house money, you have no pressure. None. It, you know, if, if I go down $50 or $100, well, that means I got $950, $900 house money still in my pocket. Sim <clears throat> similar to the, the Green Bay Packers game. You know, it, it, you did good because you had the win, but you didn't go out there and, and essentially... You, you probably lost a little bit of house money, but you still gained it because you're moving on. No, no. The 49ers, they lost it all. And when I say that they were, you know, one quarter away from this, it's, it's kind of like when you told yourself, I'm going to walk away from the table. Instead, you keep playing at that table and you lose all that money. That's what it was like for the 49ers because they didn't gain a positive yardage for the last 10 minutes or so, more than 10 minutes of the game. So they went out there and just lost, lost, lost. Each car deal, lost, lost, lost. Each car, each car deal is like a new play. Lost, lost, lost. So yeah, you should be pissed off. It shouldn't be, oh, well, that was the house's money. I don't care. It wasn't, I, I didn't lose it from my personal bank account. No, you care. You care because you had an opportunity to walk out that casino up $1,000. 49ers had an opportunity to walk out that stadium into the Super Bowl. Instead, they blew the house money. These, these opportunities don't come around quite often. Ask the Dallas Cowboys. They haven't been in, in an NFC championship game since the mid-90s. Ask the Detroit Lions. Ask the Arizona Cardinals. They haven't been in a, in a, a NFC championship game since Carson Palmer. You don't get these opportunities very often. Just because the 49ers got there two out of three years, and, th and then this year was house money, that doesn't make a difference than 2019. Once you kick off the ball, I don't house money, or, it doesn't matter. You're supposed to be the team with no pressure. The 49ers were playing with house money. When you play with house money, you have no pressure. When you win $1,000 and you lose $100, you still got 
the Los Angeles Rams. It's kind of funny because they have a casino right next to the stadium. Los Angeles Rams, they were playing with their own money. They were playing with no house money. You're playing in L.A., whether it was a neutral field or not, does not matter. They were playing with their own money. And so they had all the pressure in the world because if they would have lost, they lost their own money. They didn't lose the house money if the Rams lost. They lost their own money. Instead, the Rams took your house money. And that's the biggest frustration with this. NFC championship games don't come around often. Going up $1,000 in the casino does not come around often. I've been to the casino pretty often myself. It does not come around often. You know, I'm happy when I just leave up 50 bucks because that's how hard it is. That's like other franchises saying, I'm just happy to reach the playoffs. That's what the Detroit Lions franchise would say. This is not the Detroit Lions franchise. This is the 49ers. You beat the Rams six straight times, and you gave them your house money. I totally agree. Look, you might not have gone into the game with expectations, but once you're there and you're winning and you're up 10 going into the fourth quarter, your expectations have to change. There have only been two times in the last three postseasons where a team has blown a 10-point fourth quarter lead, and both of them were Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. So that just tells you how rare it is. And so for the 49ers to be in that spot, And to not come through again, it is disappointing to me. It will always be disappointing. Like you said, it's hard to make an NFC championship game. It's incredibly hard. Go down the list of coaches right now in the NFL and see how many have made multiple conference championship games. It's less than a handful, I promise you. And that's where Kyle Shanahan is already. And it's very, very difficult to get back. So I I do agree with your problem with Javi's tweet. It's not house money once you get to a certain point. Update, Lincoln Tomlinson and Alex Mack have been added to the uh, Pro Bowl roster. Hey, there you go. Alex Mack, congratulations. Lakin definitely deserves it. He had some moments in this last game that were a little head scratchers, but he has been a rock for the 49ers. He has basically never misses a game, which how many Niners can you say that about? So congratulations to both of those guys. And we don't know if Alex Mack's going to be back, Leo. You know, he said he's taking it one year at a time. Um, and that's a, a huge issue if he's not back because center is a very important position on the offensive line in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yeah, it is. Someone I liked was Creed Humphrey because I got to see him up and close mm. at the Senior Bowl. See, I, I'm not I'm not just on the train because he made a Pro Bowl as a rookie and he had a really no. I saw him up and close at the at the Senior Bowl. Um, he was really good at Oklahoma. And I saw the size on him and how he moved at the senior bowl. And I thought this is a interior offensive lineman. I like in the second round. And uh, unfortunately that opportunity never came for the 49ers. Well, <laughs> it came for them to draft him, but they chose not to. Um, so it's, it's unfortunate now, but Alex Mack, who knows, maybe he goes down to the pro bowl. Uh, I believe it's in Vegas this year, just goes to the pro bowl and, have conversations with these other guys and have them tell them like, oh man, you guys had a really great year. You guys, you know, you have a great team and maybe that pumps him up to, to where he comes back another year. They need to figure that out. If he comes back, if he doesn't come back, whatever, because I mean, that offensive line got abused at points all throughout the playoffs, especially the right side of that offensive line. They get, they have to shore that up, especially one thing I'll say for Jimmy Garoppolo is, Sometimes that quick release came in damn handy when the right side of that offensive line was getting destroyed very, very quickly. Because that's the other thing, too. It's not just 
do you lose your one-on-one battle? It's how quickly. And there were points where Brunskill and Compton would immediately just get beat right off the line and Jimmy would have to find a check down or something or use the quick release to get it out of there. And that's going to be a problem for Trey Lance, who tends to hold on to the ball longer than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, but also with Trey Lance, you're going to get that mobility factor to where um, if the pocket does close down, Trey Lance actually has the ability to escape the pocket and potentially do something with his legs or what we've seen Russell Wilson do plenty of times in Seattle. Uh, You know, the play breaks down all of a sudden receivers butt naked open and you could hit him in stride. Uh, you get that factor with Trey Lance that you don't necessarily do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so I guess you have your pros and your cons with this whole quick release thing. Yeah, I mean, look, that was Jimmy's greatest strength for sure was the quick release. But the other it didn't make up for the other issues that we had for him. But uh, hopefully we are past that. That's going to be like the thing now to watch in the offseason, Leo, is... What happens with Jimmy Garoppolo? His no-trade clause lasts through the end of this league year, which means he's not going to be traded if he's going to be traded at all. It cannot happen before March. It's probably not going to be a Matthew Stafford situation where uh, we find out January that he's getting traded. Unless he uh, approves the trade. uh, Right, right. They could say, hey, we have a deal in place with Pittsburgh. You could either waive your no-trade clause now or we're going to, you know, roll that trade through once the new league year starts. So he technically has no leverage because the 49ers could just tell him that straight up. Like, Hey, we like this. We're going to take it one way or the another. Do you want to prove it now? Or do you want to wait a couple months? Um, so that that's what we have with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo, no trade clause factor. Um, something that I do want to talk about is the, the Jaquaski tart dropped interception because how I look at it is there was a ton of time left on this game. What doesn't get seen often is missed blocks uh, between the offensive line. So you, you can create that interception there, but the way the offense had looked those final three drives where it was a punt, punt interception that dropped interception is no difference than Tom Compton whiffing a Vaughn Miller uh, in a pass protection. It's fair. Like, what, what's the difference there? Especially in that final drive, Jimmy Garoppolo was getting eight alive. So it's what's the difference there? Jimmy Garoppolo has a better protection from a Tom Compton, which is so crazy because, like, I had to eat some crow with Tom Compton because he was actually playing – Good, good, you know, for the expectations you expect from from Tom Compton. Um, There was no real slide down from a Mike McGlinchey for a few weeks there. And then all of a sudden, Green Bay game comes, dude got ate up by Rashawn Gary, (laughs) which, you know, (laughs) it's it's understandable. It's Rashawn, he's a really good player. He was the number one high school recruit out of college when he signed over to Michigan with Jim Harbaugh. Like, he's a really good player. And... And then you and then you have a, another really good player in Von Miller. Like the dude turned on a different motor um, this postseason, and it's just like, what's the difference between that? The dropped interception, I get it, but yeah, it's you know with with Tom Compton out there missing blocks in the final two drives of the game, like what's the difference? I I don't really see one or or Jimmy Garoppolo missing Juwan Jennings. 
instead of you know throwing that ball to Brandon Ayuk. So it's like there's been multiple occasions. I only bring this up because I saw plenty. I I heard plenty of comments saying if Jaquaski Tart catches that ball, game's over. No, it's not. No, no it's definitely not. not. There's ten minutes left in the game, and I understand the whole okay, yeah, but momentum. 49ers had no momentum on offense. They couldn't figure out the Rams. At best, it's a field goal that that you get out of that interception. So that will make it a six-point game, which means it's still a one-freaking-score game. Like, Matthew Stafford (laughs) could go down there and score a touchdown, and the Rams win by one. So it's like I understand the field goal opportunity. I understand the momentum, but it's a one-score game. There's no, there's no guarantee that it's not a blocked field goal. There's no guarantee that it's not a Jimmy Garoppolo interception, which is, you know, I'm not saying something out of the ordinary there. Um, so I just, I understand the momentum that it can create, but we saw that same freaking momentum when Tarverius Moore intercepted Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And what was the result? That's a really good point. You know what? I haven't heard anybody make that. Like in the Super Bowl, they got that interception. And they still lost. So, yeah, you can't put it all on Tart. That conceivably, Leo, could be Joukowsky's Tart find his final play as a 49er. Can you believe that? Like the lasting legacy of Tart, who's been a really good player here for a long time. And the last thing we're going to see of him is dropping this interception. If you go back and listen to the TV call, Joe Buck actually says that the ball is picked before Tart drops it. Like that's how long it seemed like he had it in his grasp and he dropped it. And that could be our lasting memory of Tart. Yeah. It's really unfortunate because it's, it's someone I've actually been promoting for a contract extension, like bring him back because I've seen the difference between Tart and Hufanga out there playing a high safety role. Um, And that's important when you can have those interchangeable high safeties because Jimmy Ward is a really solid nickel corner. Um, So when you could have those, interchangeable safeties works at a high level plus tart is a hell of a player we've seen fred warner mentioned tart before on why fred warner got an interception it's because tart told him hey if they line up in this this is what they're going to be running and fred warner listened to him and he got fred warner got the interception um and so i think that was the the new york giants game of 2020 that that play i'm detailing and so he's 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 a high level player. So the fact that that's prop like that probably takes a contract extension off the table. It just sucks, man. It just sucks. That's one thing that I want to say, though, as we move forward here and look at like what is to come. Not that nothing against Tart. Like he's not a bad player at all. But I don't want people to get too attached to the guys that they have now. You know, like they they made a conscious effort to try and run it back to, you know, get this group back to the promised land. It didn't work out. Like, let that be dead and buried. They should look for an upgrade over Jaquaski Tart this offseason. They should look for upgrades everywhere across the board. And even if we like these guys and some of these guys are really good players and I know that. But you can't get married to these people. You have to date them. It's a very fluid process. Guys are coming in and out of the organization all the time. Don't get attached. Get attached to very, very few, I should say. Kittle's obviously not going anywhere. Debo, I don't think, is going to go anywhere. You would think Trey Lance hopefully will be around for a while. But guys like Tart 
and things like that. Don't fall in love with these guys. Colin Cowherd always says, fall in like. I would even go as far to say uh, Elijah Mitchell. Don't, you know, he, what he did his rookie year was fantastic, but this team really missed Raheem Mostert on Sunday. They really missed Raheem Mostert on Sunday, and it's um, with Elijah Mitchell, he actually had more yards after contact per carry than he did just in yards per carry originally besides the yards per contact. So that means he was fighting, you know, he was doing his best, but the vision that you get from a Raheem Mostert is second to none. And that's why Kyle Shanahan loves this guy. And um, just looking at it, it looks like there's opportunities for a cutback, but, but Elijah Mitchell was unable to get there. And I just think that this might've been a different game. If Raheem Mostert's out there, Obviously, this is a, a game where you have 11 players on offense, 11 players on defense, and plus special teams. Those are the ways you win games. Uh, but I truly believe Raheem Mostert, if he was available, there might have been a different outcome in this game just because of his vision and speed alone. Plus, the guy actually could break some tackles. So we've seen it previously. Um, so I think if they that, – that's my hot take. If they had Raheem Mostert, I think they probably win this game. He's someone who's a free agent. I would love for the 49ers to bring him back. And if you could have a Raheem Mostert, Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Debo Samuel, and a Jamichael Hasty running back room, you know, Debo Samuel, obviously part-time um, running back room. I think that's, or Trey Sermon. I even forgot to mention him. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> so did Kyle Shanahan. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan forgot he had Trey Sherman, Sherman as well. Sherman. Sermon, excuse me. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, that Raheem Mostert's a free agent. We'll see if they bring him back. I really do hope so because he's a, he's a trendsetter for sure. I would love to see Raheem and Elijah Mitchell be the one two punch for the 49ers backfield. And then you wouldn't need to use Debo Samuel too much coming out of there. Like they put Debo back there because they needed to, you know, it wasn't just like, Oh, let's just give this a shot. It was like, no, we need some juice coming out of the backfield. That's why they put Debo there. But like, I could even imagine a play where you've got Mostert on one side of Lance, Lance himself, who's a running threat, Mitchell on the other. Then you run Debo in like a orbit kind of jet sweep motion behind them. When the ball is snapped, like defenses are going to be, they're not going to know what the hell is going on. So I agree. I would love to see most their back next year. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> I think I did mention last week as well with with Javi. It's I wanted to see a little bit of Jeff Wilson in this game. I understand his ankle was banged up, but I wanted to see a little bit of Jeff Wilson because I, I wanted to see someone else get the hard yards, not have that be solely on Mitchell, not have yeah. that be solely on Debo because we need Debo in the pass game um, as well. So it's just I think this team can be built with the two back offense. I don't think that uh, Elijah Mitchell is quite also, he was battling injuries. He was battling injuries. And how do you keep guys fresh all year is, you know, maybe split the workload. It sucks for fantasy football. Absolutely. But who cares about <laughs> fantasy uh, as long as your team is winning football? 100% agree. And look, we've got a long way to go. There's going to be plenty of offseason news and things to dissect. God knows the 49ers have plenty of interesting free agents that they're going to have to make decisions on. Regardless, we will be here for all of it with you. We are not closing up shop. We're not going anywhere. We're still going to have pods for you five days a week, at least, if not more. So, Leo, I know that it's sad now, but we have a lot to look forward to this offseason. 
you know what? This team's not done. We'll see them soon. Uh, it'll be months from now, but hey, let's see what the draft does. Free agency. Um, should be exciting times. Now, now it's lying season, as we call it. It's a bunch of rumors. Some of them are lies. Most of them are probably lies because you want to get other teams to bite. Some of them's lies from the agents, um, depending. Oh, this, you know, the the teams we're getting and stuff like that. So remember, it's a lot. Of, it could be true some of these rumors, but it is also lying season. So believe what you may. Regardless of what happens, the lies that are told, we will sort through the fact and the fiction here on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Remember, everybody, please rate, review, and follow. If you haven't done it yet, please drop us a five-star rating. Leave us a review, and we will read it on the show. Enjoy your week, everybody. Akash and Kyle Posey will be back with you tomorrow, and we'll talk to you next week.